Okay, so the, one of the first things I want to talk to you about, and I have, a, I have a ton of questions. I have a lot of questions. I've had questions for many, many years that I want to have a discussion mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found that was very fascinating, different, was when I came to, to the school that you started, and it was for discipleship training, one of the t- one of the subjects that was taught there was uh, the whole faith series. Yeah, and I remember because I came out of <clears throat> the early '80s, being taught by Copeland, Hagen, Price. Now, did you listen Sabelle. to a lot of those guys? I did. Okay. I did. In fact, <clears throat> I grew up in a small little ch- town, and it was so small, and I was so naive concerning Christianity mm. because I became a Christian. I was Catholic, didn't know anything about the Word, and. We happened to find on Sunday mornings, we found Kenneth Copeland teaching on Sunday morning. We didn't know what in the world this guy was. And what was interesting, I mean, we thought maybe he was in the church down the street in our little town. (laughs) And we didn't know he was bigger than life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he became our pastor, so to speak. And so we cut our teeth on faith and confession as new believers. Me and my immediate family, I was very young. I was 16. And... Fired up. I am uh, really excited about it. But when I came to school, I heard it differently. I thought, wait a minute. This is not what I heard. Mm -hmm. And I thought, dang, this is a completely different direction. How in the world did you, were you able to, because you were aware of these men too. So how were you aware? I want you to explain a little bit about how you teach and lay that foundation of faith and confession. And also what it was like during that time to not go the typical route. Well, it was a disappointment Mm. because I was headed that route. Mm. And I was in Arlington, Texas at that time. uh, And I thought it was at the uh, apex of being brought in because I really did have a strong gift. I had a good anointing, and God was really honoring that. And then I was brought in uh, by Jerry Savelle and brought in to talk about joining him and Brother Copeland. And he he reached to the drawer, pulled out a stack of invitations of, of churches all over the place. Mm. And he said, it's too big for us. We want, we want You can help us, join us. Well, I, I thought that was it. I was ready. And I said, you know, brother, I have to go home. I need to pray about this. I am the Lord's. I have to do what he wants me to do and let you know. Now I was sure he's going to say yes because it was what was going on. And boy, he did not say yes. And I came back just whipped. My dad came in and said, I want to thank you. Uh, I'm not supposed to do this. And they couldn't understand it. And I didn't, I didn't either. The Lord did not explain himself. I guess he didn't feel like he had to. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was very disappointing to me, Joe. I have that to was, admit. <clears throat> that, that's, that's quite an imitation from those men. Yes, it was. So what was it? What, why did they offer that to you? Had they heard your teaching? No, what had happened was uh, the word came that a prophet of God, uh, my reputation as a prophet mm-hmm. and the signs and wonders, the miracles mm-hmm. that took place in the <laughs> 70s, uh, for the first, I'd say, 12 years of my life, mm-hmm. well, that got, in, that got there before I got there. Mm-hmm. And so Brother Copeland calls me in, and uh, I met him in his office, and he was discussing with me this prophetic and the signs and wonders and miracles. And he was actually asking questions why this is not happening so much in their ministry. Mm. And uh, it was a long story, but I, I wouldn't want it to be anything mm-hmm. uh, that would be uh, detrimental to the right, story. Right, right. These were, these were men who were used by God for Absolutely. a very important thing. The word coming back to the church. Pull your mic a little bit closer to you. Just, yeah, there you go. Yeah, what happened, though, 
uh, the change that mm-hmm. took me away from when, when Christ told me not to join that, mm-hmm. I found out why. Now, at that time, it was pretty pure. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was faith and mm-hmm. confession. You're drinking the bottle, the mm-hmm. second bottle of Hebrews, and you're... It, you're really growing by it. The but, second bottle referring to the foundational principles. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Re- I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Repentance from dead works, mm-hmm. you know, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, mm-hmm. those, those six foundational stones. Well, what happened when I found those six foundational stones, I saw that as their, the mm-hmm. basic oracles, the, the foundational principles, it called it, the, mm-hmm. first, the first principles mm-hmm. of the oracles of God. Mm-hmm. The oracle meaning there, the, uh, the voice that he speaks, the mm-hmm. things he says, the mm-hmm. counsel, the advice, it's all in that word oracle. And these are the first thing Jesus taught or the six foundational stones. Let me run a rabbit because it is mm-hmm. so funny. I'm at TBN, and I'm sharing this basic thing with Paul. I'm, I'm talking about these six bottles. I said, these are baby bottles. These are not for the mature. This is for babies. These are six foundational stones, first mm-hmm. stones you place under you. And Paul says, now, is that scriptural? And I just felt, I said, Paul, it's scriptural. And I took it to him and showed him. I said, uh, I quoted all, all six of them, uh, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine, baptism, resurrection of the dead. Uh, I gave them all out mm-hmm. there to him. <clears throat> I said, these are these bottles that have to be, we have to drink these first. Right. Well, we were drinking uh, faith toward God, but the problem was it shifted on me mm. because when it talks about uh the, the second foundational stone was called faith toward God. Mm-hmm. Faith had a directive, mm-hmm. and the directive changed, and I saw it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's faith for me mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. I'm believing God for more money, blessings, prosperity. That's how it was. That's how it was being delivered at that time. It was being delivered at that time. It was no longer directed toward God. It was faith t- directed toward the mm-hmm. believer. Mm-hmm. And I saw that as a, a heresy. I mm. saw it as a mistake. Wow. And right now, even to this day, yep. my faith is toward God. It isn't toward right. getting money or getting... I, and my advice is when one of the secretaries years ago said, Randy, I, need a, I really need a, a computer. I said, all right. And I just walked on about my business and days go by and she mentioned it four or five, six times in a couple of weeks. And then she gets irritated with me. And Randy, I, I've talked to you about, it. I need a computer. I said, I don't need one. And I said, I'm not your provider. I'm not your, I'm not your provision. I said, your faith is toward God. You don't need a computer. I mean, you need a computer, but you don't need me to get it. You need faith toward God. Mm-hmm. Kind of a shambok thing. You ain't got mm-hmm. no problems. All right. you need is faith and yeah, you know, yeah. faith toward God. But the faith toward God became the real primary emphasis. Then it took me to, I believe to this day, the royal mistake is easy if we follow it out. <clears throat> because now it became, it, it evolved. Faith toward God was faith for things. Mm-hmm. And then it became profit for profit. Right. Yeah. And when that now it became a money issue. Yeah. Prosperity gospel. Prosperity. Prosperity gospel. Now, it is it's thriving again. It is. Day. And I'm gonna tell you the error. Here's the reason. They're saying this is Abraham's blessings. Abraham's blessings are mine. I sing the songs too. Mm-hmm. What they're not realizing is Abraham had two sons. Mm-hmm. And the blessing to one of them is financial blessing. That was Ishmael. But the blessing to the other was Abraham's blessing of promise. And that was the promise of the Messiah, the Savior, the coming, the redemption, and all that. And it depends on which line you follow out. Now, with the Ishmael covenant, you're going to have the 12 princes, mm-hmm. and that's what that produces, mm-hmm. 12 princes. But with the 
uh, Isaac uh, covenant with, with Abraham, mm-hmm. it came out the 12 patriarchs, it mm-hmm. called it. So there's a world of difference between being a preacher who's a prince mm-hmm. and a preacher who's a patriarch. Mm-hmm. And you can, see the, you can see, again, the direction. It's all about where does that direct you? If it's mm-hmm. faith toward God and it's directional toward God, mm-hmm. then it's going to take you into the Isaac covenant and not the Ishmael. Right. And what you're going to do, you're going to be... You're going to be a father as yourself. You have people you train, mm-hmm. you disciple, you you work with, you help. That's a that's a patriarch. That's Christ. But if you're a prince, it's just about me and my ministry and my church and how big it is and how much money's coming in and the cars and homes and houses and lands and that's the prince. This is the side that are taught that if you need something, you just start confessing it. That's right. I got a new car. Right. I got a new car. Right. You know, I believe God that I have a new car in the parking lot out there. Yes, yes, yes. And it, it's it it was taught that way, and it was. And see, it's a truism. It's not a biblical truth for the second born. It's the covenant of the firstborn. And and by the way, God's promised you and I that He would bless us and prosper us. He said there'll be a great nation too, which we are. Mm-hmm. You know, the unregenerate's a great nation. There's mm-hmm. billions of them. Mm-hmm. But He said the second born is the one that He said. In fact, I remember when. Uh, communicating with one of these brothers uh, in their home. And I said, the error is, there's a, he quotes a scripture. He's quoted scripture and said, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I said, that's, that's Isaac's blessing. Mm. It's spiritual blessing. Mm-hmm. And they try to twist mm-hmm. that into uh, uh, material or monetary blessing. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessing. You can't talk any plainer than that. Mm-hmm. The blessing for the spirit man, for the life of the spirit. They did really well. With this teaching, yes, absolutely. To this day, I mean, some of these ministries are global. They're they're they are multi million, hundreds of millions of dollars generated in yeah, these. They're ministries. princes. They're princes. Yeah. Okay. So, again, when 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 you were faced with the opportunity to join that, to be a part of that uh, ministry, mm-hmm. to run with that bunch, <clears throat> uh, you were excited about it. Oh, I wanted to do it. But God had other plans. I had no idea that he was going to uh, set up another generation to kind of strike or oppose that where it's going. Mm -hmm. He didn't oppose its birthing. He started opposing the evolution of it. And that was an entirely different. It was born of God, but it started evolving with man's lust and cravings and desires and wanting. And all God became was really at that time a confession for Santa Claus to just get you whatever you needed. Mm-hmm. And there is a scripture that <clears throat> says in Romans uh, that you can, it's a confession unto. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a reality. That is a truth. That once you start confessing the word, now here's the problem. The, the word confession is homologia, mm-hmm. and it comes from the two root words to speak the same as the logos. And when now you just start confessing anything. And when you start confessing anything, I'm going to get a Porsche shop. God's going to bless me with a new BMW, and, and the list goes on and on and on. And that's an Ishmael covenant, see? So would it be, um, it, it, homologia, it does mean speaking the same as the Logos. Now, is this, uh, this also has to qualify with whether this is the blessing that God wants to have in your life. Sure. You're not just, you're not just trying to heap up things to yourself. You're you're aware of being a spiritual man. You're aware that there's a place for you that God has for you. And then if he directs you in that direction, does that is that when he gives the ability to 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 receive those kind of blessings like like um, again, we're talking about vehicles. I, I don't care about a vehicle. 
Right, right. But, but say, for instance, I was in need of a vehicle. And I don't, I don't normally, like, pray for stuff. I just, I just trust God that he will sure. provide for me. But, but if I were to be in that dire need, uh, I, would, I would probably um, offer it up to God. This is what I'm in need of. You know, uh, I, I trust you. I trust that you're going to provide for me. Um, would it be essential or would it be necessary for me to go around every day saying, well, thank you, God, that you've provided that thing for me and I just receive it right now? That was the typical way we were right. taught. Or um, do we just trust him and let it go and just wait? Well, neither one, oh. actually, neither one. Okay. According to the scripture, Jesus said, uh, if you'll seek first the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, all these things shall be added unto you. And then he said something that that you, we do not do. He said, give no thought for your life, what you will eat, what you will wear, where you live, what you drive, what you're going to. If you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. I have never asked him for hardly anything at all in life. And I have I've all been given to me, but I don't ask him. Because I take care of my father's business, and he takes care of mine. I'm praying that before I got here, and I said, Jesus, I so want to reflect your glory. I want to honor you. I want to be a witness of you. I want to testify of you. I want to glorify you. I said, I have nothing in this that I want whatsoever except that you be glorified and your kingdom expand. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because I, he's given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Mm -hmm. He said to Peter, all, all the time I've been with you, have you lacked for anything? I've lacked for nothing. You haven't. But, yes, I think Christians, because they pursue it, mm -hmm. they go after it, but like they feel like they have to have it. They don't. They have to trust God who provides it. Mm -hmm. The usurping of Christ is enormous in the faith movement. And when I use that, I mean they're using theology and doctrine mm -hmm. and confession to usurp what Christ has already promised. Mm -hmm. If he told you to give no thought for your life, how come you're confessing things for your life? So you have to rec reconcile some of these scriptures. Now, here's our master. Here's, here's, here's the master of confession, Jesus Christ himself. When he went to, with Lucifer, he, three times all he said was, it is written, and he let the word work. <laughs> the word effectually works in them that believe. Mm -hmm. It isn't you trying to make anything work with some motto called confession or some type of, I don't know what you want to call it, good luck charm called confession. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's, it isn't. It is trusting God to honor his own word. When I realize I'm not confessing the word to put pressure on God to make it happen, mm -hmm. once I realized all that, I said, this is ridiculous what I'm doing. This is vain, vain repetition over and over mm -hmm. and over. It's vain repetition. Mm -hmm. And I said, it doesn't motivate him. So once you get to the word, it is written, you're confessing what is written. You're confessing the word. Mm -hmm. And then I said, this was said, you watch over your word to perform it. That's right. I don't have to worry about this performing this. Mm -hmm. And then I would be telling him I have a need, and he'll be saying, no, you don't. You have a want. <laughs> and you're turning that confession of a need into a want, mm -hmm. and now you're wanting something. And uh, it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, I, I'll give you an example. I was really coming back from my, my, one of my second my se second primary commission was, God, uh, was uh, on a, a river in January of 2013. And uh, I was actually visited by the Lord. I had about 10 or 12 men with me on that meeting. And it was, in, it was a cold, cold January night on the Buffalo River up in Arkansas. And uh, we had finished the, the meeting and everything was done. And I made my way back to my tent, turned on a little heater. And around 3 o'clock in the morning, I was awakened by the Lord. And 
this bright, beautiful, bright light just filled my tent, and I woke up, and I woke up confused. I didn't know what that was. be very honest with you, mm -hmm. from a carnal perspective, I thought some of the boys mm -hmm. pulled a trick on and me. And they would. Yeah, mm -hmm. And they would. They have. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, and then, but it changed the presence, and I began to weep, and I felt the presence of the Lord. And all I heard him say was, send the message, send the word. And, I, and then he said, Jeremiah 33, and then just left. The light was gone. He was gone. And I just sat there crying and for I don't know how long. Well, the emphasis behind that was I realized at that point uh, all I have to do is obey what he told me to do. Now, you, go, you know, you go back a while ago to us all confessing airplanes. And mm -hmm. you, know, you didn't say that, but everybody. Mm -hmm, right. No. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 12, there's divers gifts, mm -hmm. divers administrations, diversities of operations. All of those are differences. Your, mm -hmm. your gifts are, I don't need all this equipment. Mm -hmm. See, you do. This mm -hmm. is what God called you to do. Mm -hmm. So why would I want to confess all of this? Mm -hmm. But to give you an example, he said, uh, send the message, send the word. And Joe, I had no idea how to do that. I knew nothing about any, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. To this day, I still hardly know. I know who can do it, mm -hmm. but not, but I, cause when I finally got off me, the pressure of me doing it mm -hmm. and trying to understand how to do it. And, uh, but what I did, I went out, <clears throat> I had me some couple of cameras. I was going to go to the river and I was going to start teaching and videoing in my atmosphere, not behind a pulpit or in a uh, civic center. I've done all that for years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get out into a different setting. And so I bought me some cameras and they're kind of the backyard grandpa cameras, but you know, that's where I was. And I didn't, cause it wasn't my thing. And I bought some rinky-dink tripods that were a mess. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyways, so I go to the river and I'm doing this. And I'm making a point here that in obedience, you don't have to ask God for certain things. Do what he told you to do, and he'll provide everything for you. Amen. Thou has prevented me. Now, that's Psalms, but the word prevented means preceded. Mm. Thou has preceded me with the blessings of good. Mm. Visually, I've always seen, and it sounds kind of funny like the yellow brick road, but rather than demons and witches and all that, I've always seen packages with mm. little ribbons on them. If you make to the next one, then you get another gift and another ability and another potential. They're all in those packages. He's preceded me for that. Well, then I, I this couple comes to the church out of uh, in Marshall from out of Dallas. I've never met them. I don't know who they are. They want to go to lunch. So they invite my wife and I to lunch. And we're sitting around and he said, uh, Lord spoke to us about coming here and helping you out a little bit. What is it you need? I don't need anything. You don't need anything. No, sir, I don't need a thing. I've got everything I need. Well, I know he's told us to help him provide for some things, and it's a little confusing to him, but I didn't feel I've never had a need. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, I don't have I don't have these obsessions mm -hmm. of life. I just don't. And I thought, no, I've got everything I need. And uh he said, so what is it you're doing right now? I said, well, I'm putting together some stuff. I'm trying to get to the river. I'm trying to, and I told him about the, the, the uh, commission, God, uh, or uh, send the message, send the word. And he said, so what do, you, what do you need to do that with? I said, my oh, God, I've got some cameras, tripods. And he said, um, well, what kind of cameras are you, you looking at? You, you're looking to get some different guys. Oh, I am. But I said, they're pretty expensive, so I'm, I'm not really going there right now. But I've got my eye on some. And he said, how many you need? I said, I don't really know. I said, uh, I'm going to try to get two or three of them. But like I said, they're pretty expensive, so I don't have kind of, I don't, I'm not there. So I'm just kind of working that. I said, well, how many you need? And I said, I need two of them to get started. I said, he said, we want to get that for you. I said, now, sir, these are pretty expensive. <laughs> 
and uh, now they were to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he said, "Well, how much are this? Well, they're fifteen hundred each. Oh, how many you need? Mm -hmm. Just like this. How many you need us? Oh, I need two of them. I wish I said three because I need three. Yeah. But I, I I had that. Oh man, I'm already pushing. I guess because mm -hmm. I said, so what are you here for? I said, I'm going to help you get this equipment. That's why we're here. I mean, what else you need? I said, tripods. What kind? I said, oil-based, the kind that don't freeze up. And all. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he provided all that. Wow. And uh, he, he put together about 10 grand at that, at that moment at the table. And I never asked for it. Mm -hmm. See, I never prayed about this. Mm -hmm. I just used what I had. Mm -hmm. And then she looks at me and she said, Randy, we know something about you. You don't know us, but we know that almost everything that comes into your life, money-wise, it goes into the kingdom. I said, yes, ma'am, that's about right. That's I'm I'm building myself into the kingdom of God. That's all I'm interested in. Well, we're going to give you two thousand. Now, this is not for any of the church or you. I mean, or anybody. This is just for you. So they gave me about twelve grand that day. Ten grand for the ministry. Two grand for myself. Well, then I go <clears throat> on a few months later. I get a call from the same guy, and uh, he calls me up and. Uh, to him, he wants he wants me and uh, my wife, because we would go up, and he's going to spend a weekend with us, and he wants to take us out to some beautiful restaurants and et cetera. But to get right back to this restaurant, sorry, here in Marshall, what got me, he said, I said, sir, this stuff's pretty expensive. And he said, Randy, listen, I make more money than I'll ever spend in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I don't even think about money anymore. I've got too much. I'll never spend it. How much do you need? <laughs> I'm thinking $15 million. So... <laughs> <laughs> I said, I just need two cameras and some tripods. And, uh, well, then a few months later, he calls me up and, Randy, I want you and your wife to come up here. I'm going to spend a weekend with you guys, take you, out, take you out to dinner and stuff. And I get there. He has. Now, he, he makes tons of money. But mm -hmm. for his hobby on the weekends, he makes about one hundred and twenty-five to 150000 a year with his hobby, which he goes buys cars. And he hops them all up and redoes them all and then resells them. Now, these are all the ones in the 60s. Muscle he, cars. Muscle cars, but they're all 1960-something. Yeah. And, boy, does he do a job on them. So I go, he said, I'm going to show you what I do. I go up there, and he has this beautiful uh, cars he's working on, Chevys and stuff he's picked up. And then he shows me them, the beautiful black, um, it was a Pontiac uh, sports car, a little sports car. And he said, uh, man, you like these? I said, oh, I love sports cars. He said, well, good. Here's the keys. And he gave it to me. And that's and I didn't know that. I didn't know it was going to happen either. And I said, this is, my, this is yours. We know you love sports cars, and you don't really get that opportunity and et cetera. So we just wanted to get you one. Well, the, the, the whole thing of it is I, I seek first the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. All this is added. And, Joe, I never asked for it. I never confess it. Uh, none of the above. It's all, all, if Jesus said, all this will be added unto you, and if your faith is toward God, then you've got to believe him. You either do or you don't. And if you don't give any thought for your life, and that's a hard thing for the soul man. The mm -hmm. firstborn, he's thinking his whole life is about himself. Yeah, I was thinking about that just, just as you were saying that. Now, this is, you mentioned Abraham had two sons. And the difference between the two sons, you one of them had a lineage of princes, and these are the ones that want the stuff. That's it. Um, the other lineage, they're children of promise children. of Isaac. Yeah. So this is, I think this is the very important. Um, I think this is very important to 
to individuals that are wanting to pursue and follow God and to, to, to find the will of God for their lives and not pursue the things of the world. And when I was young in the ministry, I saw uh, I, I, the first uh, Bible school I went to, I was very, very young when I enrolled and I was very fired up about God. And so I remember that I was encouraged in this ministry to join also the youth group because I was so young. I said, you know what? You could just join the youth. I was going to the school. And so I went and the very first time that we got together, um, uh, I was excited. You know, I had never grown up around church, never heard this stuff. Mm. So I was really excited about what this youth pastor was talking about. I didn't realize that I was probably the only one there that was excited about what he's talking about. <laughs> and so after they dismissed, it's so typical, isn't it though? It's is crazy. Oh, it is. It, and so they, they, they dismissed the meeting and then I saw everybody pairing up into couples. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I thought, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. <clears throat> you know, what, what is going on? So, so I had this, this desire to pursue God, to, to remain pure and to follow him. And to, uh, I want the real thing. I didn't want to be uh, in a vocation mm -hmm. and I wasn't looking to try to find a shortcut. I wanted to find, okay, what is the pattern? What's the way, what word, how do I get from here to there? How do I get to these, this, this, um, this first, first or the second born? Yes. Yes. How do I, inherit the promises of the second born. So in 1985, I, I was um, walking through um, my parents' house and my, my, my mom had a, a television on, uh, TBN was rolling, and there was an interview being conducted. And I just passed through the living room and I started hearing the, the conversation. I stopped and started watching it for a minute. And it had that discussion about the firstborn, secondborn. It, it used the terminology, the spirit and the soul mm -hmm. and the difference, the, 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 uh, the contention that there is there. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. I have that contention. Yeah. So I sat down and listened to it. it was, it's just a little 10 minute segment. And I thought, dang, you know, and I remember uh, looking over at my mom. I said, you know what? Dang, I don't know my Bible. Wow. What I just heard there, that's alien stuff to me. I never heard anything like uh, who, it. Do you remember who was teaching that? Yes. Uh, you were ha having, um, you were sitting down with Dr. Whitaker. I oh, was, I was on that. Yeah. Okay. It was I remember Dr. The, Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the first <clears throat> times in his little show, he had you on as a guest and you were talking yeah. about the difference between the mind and the brain because he's yeah. a, he's a, he's more of a doctor. Mentalist. Right. Right. And so I thought, what in the world, what in the world is this guy talking about? So it took me a while um, before you were on again on the main program, and then I watched that and wrote down all the information, started ordering, mm -hmm. and so I just pretty much ordered everything on on, on the on the series. And within about uh, nine months, I'd moved to go to the school because my heart was I need to uh, I need to be serious with God. I need to find these things. And not, I don't want to be involved in ministry just because it's a vocation or a career. Right, right. No, absolutely not. You know, I wake, I wake up in the morning. I want to find out, okay, how can I serve God? What is yeah. my, my purpose in my life? And so the next big subject that I was 
um, exposed to was the series uh, message called the Marisports. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this was a big deal. This is a big deal. It changed. It, it, I think it electrified millions of people across the country because when they were exposed to this, it answered a lot of questions. Why am I the way I am? Why mm -hmm. am I moody one day and I'm not moody the next day? Mm -hmm. Why is it that I'll seek God, I'll pursue God, I'll stay true to God for about three months? <laughs> and then have a moment. And then nine months later, you know, I'm, I'm waking up again and ready yeah. to pursue God. Yeah seek God and but there's this 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 division going on yeah. in your mind and and uh, I think you know we, we we think that we're split personality you know but there's something deeper than that and that's what this this uh, teaching really exposed so you when when that first time that you were on Trinity and you were asked these questions was this something that you knew you were supposed to speak about during that time period and for a season or that they that they draw that out of you well going back to dr whitaker that's uh -huh. the story okay it was he that introduced me to paul and jen and he got a hold of a cassette tape called Demerismos. and when he got a hold of it this is a funny story too man and i got to know him and stuff but <clears throat> And, but he, he, he was a great guy, but he was very okay, very soulish at that time. And he'll tell you he was, so this is not. Now, he's right here in Jefferson, oh, East is Texas. Is he really? Yeah, he, he, his No, office, is he yeah. still here? Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know that his his practice was in Jefferson yeah. for years and years and years. Yeah, I went to his practice, okay. went down after it, because he was the one who contacted me. Okay. And... Uh, he had bought this cassette tape and started listening to it, and he got mad. <laughs> he got mad listening to it. I couldn't. I just, it was so funny. And he he slung that thing and just broke it. And then God dealt with him again. He got another one. He did this, this two or three times before he finally got it because he took it personal. Mm. In that in the Marismos teaching, it profiles you. Oh yeah. It personalizes your problem. It's you have a problem, mm -hmm. and uh, it's that firstborn. Mm -hmm. And once you find that these – and really are able to uh, marismos these two natures, that you have a human nature and you have a divine nature, and mm -hmm. they're in conflict. Now, during the Word of Faith movement, they said you only have one nature. Mm -hmm. But what you have, you have two natures and you have two lives. The firstborn is human nature. His life is suke, which is self-indulged, self, mm -hmm. selfish, self, 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 self. Mm -hmm. That's what the word suke means in the Greek is the word it's translated soul, it's translated self, and mm -hmm. it's also translated life, your life. Why give thought for your life, your soul? But then you have that divine nature, and then that one has a Zoe life, God's life. Mm -hmm. These are in conflict. That's why we're doing the whole teachings of kingdom mm -hmm. within, enemies within. All of this stuff is because trying to show the body of Christ this vital. Now, look, it, th this would not go over well, this statement with Christendom, but there's a true sense of bipolar in every Christian. Because once he gets born again, he has a conflict. He doesn't have that until he gets born again. I love what Derek Prince says. He said, you ain't got no problems till you get born again. <laughs> and that's a fact because he understood that too. Mm -hmm. So he bring, he introduced me to Paul and Jan, and he introduced the, the Marismos book to them, mm -hmm. and they started reading it, and he said, you need to have this guy up, up here. You need to have him on. So they called me. I come up, and from then on for the next almost five years, mm -hmm. it was pretty much around uh, the Marismos. Mm -hmm. 
Now, here's where the problem lies with traditional Christianity today is I was set up and didn't know this. This was the beginning of the end of me going to TBN. Uh, I was asked to fly up on a Thursday night, uh, Thursday morning, and be then in the uh, do a live on a Thursday night, and I flew up, and when I, uh, they channeled me differently into a different office, a big big office secretary. She said, Mr. Shankler, just sit and wait. He'll call you in a moment. And when I'm sitting, my heart starts pounding. Hmm. And I looked around, and I said, ma'am, uh, am I about to appear before the Sanhedrin court? <laughs> she said, I really am not supposed to say anything. I said, this is set up. I feel I'm set up right now. And so he come, hey, Brother Randy, come on in. I came in. There's 10, 12 guys around a big table. Wow. And they were Greek and Hebrew scholars. <clears throat> and they, this, the one that was going to do all the speaking, he had actually about six or seven books in front of him. And I looked around and I said, Paul, before I said, Paul, you set, you set me up. He said, if you don't mind, if, if you just do not mind sitting here. And I said, this not going to go well, is it? And he said, if you'll just sit here and listen. <clears throat> so I sat down. My surprise was the Greek scholars trying to define the marismos. And uh, first thing he said was, it's so funny. He says, uh, Brother Shankel, uh, we just want you to know that you, you absolutely crucify uh, the Greek language. And I looked and I said, sir, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> I crucify the English language. Can we go on? And then I said, I'm not interested in pronunciation. I'm interested in definition. Mm -hmm. But where do you get this, that there's a difference between the spirit and the soul? Now, that was a shock to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're mm -hmm. here about the marriage mm -hmm. most. It's Hebrews 4.12. Mm -hmm. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Right Now, there. if they're the one and the same, right. you can't, sep you can't right. divide them. right. And so I said to him, are, are you serious? Yes. We don't want to know where you get that. I said, oh, I'm in the presence of fundamentalists, mm. and this whole table is dualistic. Mm. You believe man is dualistic. That means you the, theolog theologically, you believe spirit and soul are the one and the same thing. Mm. Yes, and they are. Wow. I said, well, frankly, they're not. And I said, man's as triune as the Godhead is. And I so I, I just read the scripture. I said, let me read this to you. I've read that scripture. He's real arrogant. I said, I'm going to read it to you again. I said, tell me what it just said. <clears throat> and he got, really did get confused. Hmm. He could not answer that. I said, all the USU brothers around the table, these are old men with, Jew they were Jewish beard, Jewish men mm -hmm. with Jewish beards, mm -hmm. Hebrews and Greek mm -hmm. scholars and I said, any of you other older gentlemen, you want, you want to comment on this since you all believe in dualism rather than triunism? And they could not disqualify that scripture. Mm. And I said, Paul, are you through with me? And I stopped. I said, no, 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 no. Paul, you did not sell me out. Here's the deal. I said, Paul, you underestimated the Holy Ghost. Do you not know what you just, do you not know that he knows what you just did with to me, but it isn't to me, it's to Christ? And I said, they told you they'll shut down all the tithes and the offerings from all these churches if you don't take me off the air. Tell me yes or no. He said, yes. Hmm. I said, so we're playing politics at this table. I said, Paul will make it easy for you. 
goodbye. <laughs> and I got up and went to my hotel, and that was it. But that was what happened. It was a, it was a sellout based upon you got to maintain the, the, the narrative of the norm. Mm. And that is uh, Jimmy Swagger is a real classic yeah. guy on dualism. They believe spirit and soul are one and the same. In his teachings, they're the same. Mm. So a lot of the Pentecostals, the Charismatics, they just never got this Marismos moment. Mm. And, be, and until you do, mm-hmm. you're going to have all kinds of problems in your life because you can't get the victory over it until right. you face this. This is a nature. This right. is not a behavior. Right. This is a nature. And that nature of suke is self. I'm going to put me before I put before me. I'm going to put me before anybody. And my daddy loved his statement. He, he, he always said, son, after me, you come first. <laughs> 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 I just thought that's a classic suitcase statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> after me, you come first. And you know what's funny, Joe? As a little boy, I thought I, all I heard was first. <laughs> oh, my daddy's put me first. Said, no, no, son, after me. After me, you're first. It's yeah, it's a classic but that was a, that's the true story of uh, Dr. Whitaker, how he and I met. Now, he, he destroyed a number of uh, uh, Marismos tapes. He also broke, you said, a few of his players, cassette players. It's, it's, it's quite traumatic, it's if you're disturbing. honest. If you're, if you're very honest and you, you sit down. And I, I, to this day, uh, probably at least every couple of years, I'll go through it again. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe, just for a moment. It's very offensive to be told you're selfish. Right. That's a terrible word yeah, yeah. that you by nature but, are selfish. But let me tell you, um, one of the reasons I do that is because there's there's a walk that I want to have with God. Yeah, yeah. And so that to me is worth it. It's worth going through it again to make sure that I am, you know, seeking, uh, you know, it talks about the, the saving of the soul or, or the engrafted word, which is able yeah. to save your soul. Yeah. So, and... Not only that, but being led by the Spirit. I know that I'm not going to be led by the Spirit if I'm living a selfish life and I'm not walking in that um, yield. Mm-hmm. I'm not yielded to to the Spirit of God in my life. And so, and my soul don't want to do it. Right. Absolutely. And so every <clears throat> time I find myself that, that I'm alive again, mm-hmm. it's time to go through it again. I wish that it would be done with, you know, that it would stay down, but it doesn't. I wish that when we got born again, our soul got born again instantly as well as our spirit, and it doesn't. No. It is a progressive but I think, But I think there's this belief. It's, it's almost like in Christianity— um, there's almost this. Well, you're 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 no longer the same. You know the scripture, Second Corinthians uh, five. Yeah, yeah. it says, uh, "Whoever's in Christ is a new creature." Yep. All things are passed away. Go Behold, on. all things are become new. Well, yes, that's a promise. But the reality is, you know, three four months down the road, you know, you still have those appetites. Yeah. You still have your human nature did not get born again when your spirit did, and you and I both know we've mm-hmm. talked this before, but. You're born again instantly, mm-hmm. but your soul, your spirit is, but your soul is born again gradually, mm-hmm. and it and it is dependent. Your soul getting saved is dependent on how you engraft the word into it, mm-hmm. and engrafted is a contrary uh, plant. It's a contrary mm-hmm. invasion. That's right. It is not in agreement with your soul. Every word of God that God gives me is contrary to myself, and if you when if you can accept that. Then you're gonna you're gonna be uh, trying to make a god in your image and likeness. You know, God said, "Let us make man." 
in our image and our likeness. And religion says, let us make God in our image and our likeness. And they keep doing reproducing God, their kind of God. But he's never contrary because their kind of God is just always giving them something. So they love that. But if you're going to have your soul saved, as you quoted the scripture, you have to receive the engrafted word, and you have to receive it with meekness, because it is not—it is not an easy word. Mm-mm. So, if I was to, I would say sitting here now, and step over into the bishopric of Jesus Christ, the bishop, mm-hmm. the soul, and know all these years about you, and I said, Joe, I need to talk to you about something that you're doing that's offensive to God. Now, how many people can do can endure that? Because it's, it's going to be contrary. Right, right, and 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 it's a. It's what's going to happen right there is there's a very strong opportunity for an offense. Always. And always. And so unless you've been dealt with, unless you've been down that road before, yeah, yeah. Uh, you bow up. Every time. Or, you know, it's just not going to go well. <laughs> it's contrary. Right, right. And so, but the reason that it's important, and, and I think that's, that's really um, one of the exciting uh reasons that I'm glad we're doing this is because <clears throat> if you want to walk and pursue God with a pure heart and fulfill his purpose in your life, if you want to experience, you know, his voice speaking to you on a regular basis, yeah. if you want to experience uh, his power, you know, uh, there's a reason behind the power of God. And it was to really validate his word and to confirm uh, that a man was actually truly a man of God. You experienced a time in your life where there was a lot of power, uh, a lot of miracles, a lot of signs and wonders. And um, there was a, there was a time when uh, God revealed to you a a revelation, God's shockwave power. Yeah. Do you believe that that is something that's still uh, timely for God to use today? Because I don't see it as often. I remember seeing it a lot early on in my Christian life, and then all of a sudden I saw the uh, televangelists in, in, in the big crusades and stuff, And but I don't see it on a individualized power demonstration like I saw it at one time. Is Do you still see that, or do you think that there's a reason that we're not seeing it as much these days? Yeah, there's definitely a reason for it. First of all, scripturally, it's written that uh, gifts and the calling are without repentance. Mm-hmm. So the same gifts of healing that I have, working in miracles, they're still there. They're irrevocable by God. But he was taken, he's taken a nation, he's taken the United States of America through a process. And sometimes I have to, what you have to do is look beyond the individual and look at it from the eyes of Christ that he's not, I would ask you this, when was the last time you needed a miracle? So you and I don't really need them. Right. And, and once you finally start growing and maturing in Christ, you don't really find yourself needing the power of God displayed or a miracle or a sign mm-hmm. and a wonder. Mm-hmm. You, you're, he has, you have uh, you've developed and he's processed you. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize we're not fully processed. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever be fully processed in this 70, 80 years. The soul just too, it's just too narcissistic to really go that deep into right. it in that length of time. But right now, I do see him shifting at times from what I call the corporate Christ to the individual Christ and then back to the individual Christ to the corporate Christ because he's the God of the nations. 
And once he starts moving with nations mm-hmm. like China, United States, mm-hmm. Russia, mm-hmm. Ukraine, this mm-hmm. is the movements of God. Mm-hmm. And you'll see different signs and wonders and powers and demonstrations. And uh, uh, believe it or not, Russia, and I don't want to go into all that. I'm not here mm-hmm. for that. But they're about to be humiliated mm-hmm. because they can't do it. They're just not going to be able to do it. And there's reasons behind all that. It's not because of China nor the United States. So God taught, prophesied many times in the Old Testament about nations. And in his prophecy to the nations, he said he'd handle them like they're an individual. He does the same thing with the United States. He does with me as an individual, processes us. Mm. And he will withhold all of that when the, pe- when the nation is no longer crying for him. Now, let me tell you what happened in the United States. One woman, one woman took prayer out of, out of the schools. One woman. Mm-hmm. And not nobody contested her. Mm-hmm. That was the craziest thing. And I was young then, but mm-hmm. uh, what was that? Uh, remember her name? No. I'm trying to get her name right now. But anyway, that was a long time ago. That was, man, but it, so it started. Then it started from there taking God out. Now, the, here's the first thing was the slap that began to change the God's dealing with America. O'Hare? Madeline O'Hare? Was Madeline Murray O'Hara. Very good. One woman takes prayer out. Now, she didn't take prayer out. She took God out. Mm-hmm. That's how he's in turn. Mm-hmm. You don't want me. Mm-hmm. And the schools all over the United States did not fight for God. Nobody mm-hmm. stood up for God. Even the Christians didn't. Mm-hmm. And they took him out. Now they brought in the perversions and the uncleanness. And I began to prophesy 30 years ago. And I even prophesied in the, <clears throat> within 25 years, America's going to go from darkness to gross darkness. Now we're in gross darkness now. It's, this is a nasty nation right now. So all of this deals with God dealing with the nation as an individual who's sinning and, and uh, who's uh, debauchery and wicked and evil and all that this goes on until and uh, when, when I remember one of the things I was so put out by, um, bear with me as I follow a train of thought that really affected me, during the days of Trump running for the president, Prophets, national prophets were prophesying. It's a done deal. 700 Club did. TBN did. All the prophets and the prophetesses. It's a done deal. Mm-hmm. And I remember, don't doesn't matter, but on, on 700 Club, one of the prophets said, oh, don't have to talk about it. It's a done deal. And I was so grieved by all of it. And I said, they don't understand what God's doing with this nation. And I said, <clears throat> so Crystal said, what do you think God is doing with this nation? I said, oh, it's quail. It's time for quail. Mm. And I said, you will, they will call him Biden quail before it's over with. Mm. Did you get enough of it yet? Have you got enough? I love what uh, Trump will say. He'll say, uh, <laughs> have you missed me yet? <laughs> that, that is so humorous of him. But I, I love the statement. But, and by the way, I'm not here uh, for Trump or Biden. I'm for the Lord. I don't really care about these guys or who's going to be president. Mm-hmm. And all that. What I'm doing is re- watching what God's doing with the nation. Well, He's going to give us quail, and He did. And when these first four years are over, all the all, even the Democrats and Republicans are going to ask, "Have we had enough yet?" Mm-hmm. It's going to come around. And then the the objective is not the economy of the United States, nor the success, or the wealth of the United States, nor the military. Will the United States turn back to God? Mm-hmm. That's what's in the balance right now. So God has taken Nebuchadnezzar and he's weighed him in the balance. Mm-hmm. America's weighed in the balance. Mm-hmm. And depends on which way she goes. She wanted quail, he got her. He gave it to her. 
now he's waiting, will you continue to run around as a beast, or will you come to your mind and your sense and say, God, it is God, the Most High, who rules in the kingdoms of men. Mm. Now, if the United States can do that, then and we turn back to God and bring God back in our schools, stop all this ridiculous stuff, uh, then we'll, we'll see him deal with us. All they have to do is repent. So it's the same thing as in the individual. Mm-hmm. Same basic thing. So if we're looking at God dealing with signs, wonders, and powers, that will still... Now, that's going to happen again in my latter days, which, by the way, mm-hmm. started... Um, oh, in my, I'm 72, so started uh, two years ago, in which I was told by the Lord in that shock wave of power that this mm-hmm. will take place in your latter days. You'll mm-hmm. see this in your latter days. Well, I'm in that now. I'm in my third administration with Christ, and I'm beginning to sense the power and the... Uh, I just felt his presence mm. here. So we're very close to that same, that return of the Lord, uh, not in the sense of a coming, but you, you you deal with this kingdom of God, that kingdom of God coming, and that's where he's at right now. He's waiting to see the direction uh, that we make in this nation. And if we will make that decision that he will return in power and glory, it says of Christ, he returned in power and the glory of in the in the glory and then the power of the Holy Ghost and his fame went everywhere. So right now we're waiting, will he return to this nation? Because he's not here now. He's only in selected individuals. He's not in the nation. The nation is struggling on its own. Without him, we're in the dark we're in a dark time. But if our nation repents and returns, so what happened during these days of the prophets, all these prophets were prophesying what they wanted to see. They're prophesying who they wanted to have. And they forgot that what we, we don't need Trump. We don't need Biden. We need Jesus Christ. Christ is the answer to this nation, not a president. We need a king. And the prophets forgot who they're prophesying for. And they forgot who they're prophesying mm. unto. Because what happened, and this is where they didn't see this. Even though he's Trump and, and people may have been for him or against him, and all it seemed like the evangelical was all inclined toward him. What they didn't see was Saul brought the prophets to his table and fed them, mm. and they told him what he wanted to hear. And that was what happened. That's how all the prophets got seduced. Mm. There was a seducing spirit that took place during that time. Right. And this man, even though Trump, <clears throat> he never really had that encounter personally with Jesus Christ. He had a religious moment. Mm-hmm. He did not have a, a spiritual rebirthing. If it rebirthed, it would have changed him. It did not. He's still the same man. And I have no problem with that. In other words, this is not a derogatory statement. It's just looking at it from the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that <clears throat> Jezebel brought all these prophets to the table, and they'll tell her anything that she wants to hear. Tell me, am I going to be the next president? Well, you most certainly are. Well, that's what I want to hear. Well, here, have some more steak and lobster. But the, that was what happened. And the prophets of God, there was no voices of the Lord coming forth. So I rebelled. I have to. I stood up at the church in March. I said, no, I'm going to give the voice of the Lord. And I began to prophesy for about three months the word of the Lord, what God was doing with our nation, which I'm sharing with you now. Mm-hmm. I've got all that from that moment. And so, Joe, that's, what we're, that's where, again, we're going to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, I'm seeing them beginning to start again in my life on an individual basis. Now, what happens with, uh, with us as individuals, you have to have a very personal, private Christ. 
And to get that power, you got to get out of the corporate Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you stay in that corporate Christ, you become culturized, if you would. It doesn't matter what religion, it doesn't even matter if it's the church in Marshall. You stay there and you continue to stay there. It cultivates, it begins to cultivate a certain cultural mentality and thinking. And once you get into that going to church culture or being a Baptist or being a Lutheran or being a mm. uh, Presbyterian, you built, you have to develop that culture. Mm -hmm. And when you do, now you have a knowledge of God, but no power. Mm -hmm. Always uh, come into the ever learning, but never come into the knowledge of the truth. And what where you can, so what I have to do at times, I step out of the corporate Christ mm -hmm. and I go to a little place up in Arkansas, a little place called Caddo Rivers, Cat, I have some land there. <clears throat> And I go up there to find myself in Christ. Now, even as a husband, now here's what happened to me, and I'll, it's, it, I don't want to uh, take a lot of time on this, but this was a very vital, and I've done this frequently. Because I am a, uh, have a number of hats, uh, some say I'm an apostle, some say I'm a prophet, some say I'm a teacher, whatever they say I am, it's fine. But I know I'm a husband, and I know I'm a believer. I know I'm a father. So that could be six or seven hats. And each one of those are cultural mentality. They form behavior conduct. And they're different. Each one forms a different form mm -hmm. of cultural behavior. And after a while, you get lost hmm. as an entity. The individual gets lost in the performance of what a, one of what, those cultures. One of those cultures. Okay. And when that happens, I go into a dark place. Mm. I get so confused. Why? I get confused. I, I, I get confused. Who am I? Yeah, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Mm. I get lost. Oh, boy, yeah. So I, I go to a little place, and I get into the, get before Jesus up in the mountains there on a the river. And uh, I said to, I say to him, all right, I'm a little lost. Mm -hmm. I got involved. In, what am I doing? What in the world am I doing? I'm just doing, I'm busy. It's crazy right now doing prophesying and teaching and ministering and taking care of my wife and praying for the kids and that goes on. And then you got friends and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a scripture that saves me every single time being found in him. This, the demonic uh, work of Satan in, in identity crisis and everybody, everyone has, if you are dualistic and you are, you're going to mm -hmm. have an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. You better know who you are in Christ mm -hmm. because you can't have a Christ crisis, mm -hmm. but you can have an identity crisis. And so, what, well, I say you can't have a Christ crisis. To be honest with you, there's most Christians live on a Christ crisis. They come to him in a crisis. They don't come to me any other time. They go on about that's their business. True. And when the crisis hit, they come. So there's a Christ mm -hmm. crisis as well. Mm -hmm. And that's a different, different uh teaching but the, what i did was i said you, the confusion is when you lose yourself and people go into an identity crisis they start trying to find themselves you can't the more you try to find yourself the more you get lost and more dark it gets because you got to be found in him mm. and once you're found in him and that's what the scripture says i said now let me go back who am i and it comes to one i'm a son of god that's the end of it. Now, everything falls under that. So when I'm at Caddo, I lay out Urim and Tumim, and I said, there's one piece of paper. It says God. Mm -hmm. Over here, there's another piece of paper. I don't mind sharing my life with a husband, a father, and a prophet, a whatever, teacher, whatever. I'm willing to do that. But this God doesn't belong on this page. Mm. 
And when you move religion, you'll move God over to that page. Explain that a little bit more. So uh, these are two different two different identities that you're having to face, be faced with or yes. to recalibrate yourself. Yes. On one of them, it's God. Do you mean that he has his own place that's Only. separate from anything else, everything else? Only. And all the other things that are attributed to you as a human being, you know, being a husband, a father, uh, a minister, they are separated. Totally separated. Okay. Yeah, and because if you don't, religion moves God over to this. And now you've blended God into your life. He's a part of being a husband, part of being a wife, part of being a mother or father. And the damage of that is? Well, it doesn't have entity. You lose the entity of the per, of the person of Christ Himself. Mm. So what happens now? God is a part of the addition of your life, mm. rather than a separate entity that mm. exists on His own. Mm. If you believe in Jehovah, which is self-existing, you cannot let Him exist with anything else. He has to exist alone. Mm. And when He does, you never get lost. You never get confused. You never forget who you are. You never. All of this is getting involved in this world. See, in other words, over. Over here with Jehovah, with the self-existing one, there's not a marriage, a husband and a wife, and you don't have children and all that's a part of wow. that. And it goes on. This is for that firstborn. This is the human wow. life. This mm-hmm. is humanity. And even going to church and fellowshipping, that's still a part of the human culture mm-hmm. of socializing, mm-hmm. but not at the nightclub, at mm-hmm. uh, you right. know, topless bar. I mean, right. you, you're doing it, but you, you need, because he created us to be social uh, entities, mm-hmm. which is... Something that he's still working with me on (laughs) (laughs) because that's not an always easy thing for me, socializing with Mm -hmm. people. But the emphasis is and it has to remain separated. Now, what happens, people will add, see, this is the part, they add God into their life. Well, I love, I love Crystal and my children and I love the church and Marshall and I love Joe and what we're doing and I love Jesus. It's just, he's a part of the, see, somewhere, where's he at on that priority list? And I don't know, you shift him around. Sometimes you put your wife above him. Sometimes your money above him. Sometimes your job above him. He, he moves around always on this list. And that's why we get identity crisis and we get confused and we backslide mm. because he hasn't retained the preeminence. Mm-hmm. And once he has in all things, he, he, he obtains the preeminence in our lives, then you don't have that confusion. And so when the soul man shifts over here, you're going to go into a dark place. Mm-hmm. But when he stays over here, and then the spirit man rules, you don't have that identity crisis. And I thank God for being found in him because mm-hmm. you can't find yourself as a husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> so that is, a, that is a, a warning light that you should adhere to. Oh, absolutely. When you start experiencing that, that identity crisis, because yeah. I think that um, I know I experience it. Everyone does, see. Mm-hmm. They do. And so... That is the time that you be found in him. Being found in him. So this means that you don't, in that time that you separate and you go to be found in him, you separate yourself and you lose or you, you put aside, okay, what I am, what my function is, all the entanglements I have on this earth, on this planet, you separate that from your relationship? Yes, sir. There's two things the scripture talks about in the Old Testament. There's parbar and causeway. 
and that deals with the traveling of, of the of the Christian through the tabernacle. Okay. A causeway is like all the entrances onto a freeway and all the exits onto those are causeways. Okay. But if you're going to go to uh, what if you coming from Longview. I'd be coming from Longview back to Marshall, and they say Marshall, uh, 20 miles. Well, mm-hmm. that's to the uh, right to the center of Marshall, to mm-hmm. uh, what they call uh, the uh, the building. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help me there? What I'm talking about? The actual destination. <clears throat> yeah, is is that uh, well? There's a name for it, the, the the big building there. Everyone has that. Well, that tells you. Well, it may be five miles shorter to my house than it is. Oh to, yeah, to the central of the t- community, like the the courthouse. Courthouse. Yeah. I'm looking for it. Every mm-hmm. courthouse is how they define right. the distance. Mm-hmm. Well, the courthouse is the par bar. Okay. But all the rest of it is the causeway. So in your life with Christ. We have a journey that Christ takes, and he takes us from the outer court to the holy place to the holy holies. Mm-hmm. And our job is to locate him. You talk about you know mm-hmm. power, signs, and wonders. Mm-hmm. Our job is to locate him in here, in this, this triune spirit, soul, and body. I have an outer court. I have a holy place. I have a holy of holies. And then I have to understand that oracle within the oracle to know where he's at in whatever sacrament or what area he's at. Is he at candlestick? Is mm-hmm. he at showbread? Mm-hmm. Which called baptism into the cloud. Has, where is he journeying so I will know what he's doing in my life? And then where is he join, journeying in our nation? Mm-hmm. And he's not at candlestick. Candlestick is the power, signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm-hmm. So he's not there. He's moved all the way from, he had we had him one time at showbread where we're fellowshipping him, even our schools, prayer, the word. We had him at showbread. Then he moved over to Candlestick, and then the, that, the light has went out in the tabernacle. And now he's moved the United States to the outer court. He's mm-hmm. dealing with us back at the brazen altar. Mm-hmm. This nation needs to repent. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. So we won't see the signs and wonders until we repent. Mm-hmm. Then he brings us back to Candlestick and works us back over to Showbread to bring us into the uh, tabernacle. Mm-hmm. But now said said all that is that what happens in Parbar is when I go up there, wherever Mm -hmm. I go, I take six, seven, or eight of these items, and I move them out of par bar. Mm-hmm. I move Crystal out of par bar. Mm-hmm. I move my Jeff, uh, my closest friend, mm-hmm. Shelly, Jeff, all them out of par bar. I move mm-hmm. everybody out of par bar, mm-hmm. and I start all over with Christ. Mm-hmm. And then as I go bring him in, uh, I go back to him in his par bar, right in the center of my fellowship, then I add those I trust back in. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I think that you have probably... Watch me. In fact, uh, I had a meeting with you oh, a few months ago, a couple of months mm-hmm. ago. We had dinner, and I told you about moving someone out of the par bar. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it, do you bring them back in? Not if you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Not if there hasn't been a change. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get deceived and your life is over, and they work from within, mm-hmm. and what happen, they can destroy everything mm-hmm. God's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, no, I never, I've not brought that individual back in, and I don't think I ever will. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis, I started again with Crystal. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I do trust her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, but this is now. This is not me trusting people. This is laying it out before God. Urim and Tumim. And here's what I do on Urim and Tumim: is like I said, now Crystal, do you want me to bring her back into my par bar? Mm-hmm. That's your choice. I don't have that right. Well, that's your wife. That's not my choice. He gave her. He's the one who rules it. And then I deal with the rest of it. I'll go all. Of, but and if I get on that glitch. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything else. That's that mm-hmm. Urim and Tumim. Mm-hmm. And, and the Urim and Tumim, just for people who are listening, that was an Old Testament um, uh, tool that the priest used to find the will of God. Yeah, in their breastplate. 
Now, we have that in the New Testament in the breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we have yes or no. Is this God's will or not God's will? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Most people ask him, but they don't know how to do Urim and Tumim. They don't know how to lay out before him. Now, this may be a little... Uh, I mean, there's no nothing biblical I would tell you to do right. this. This is what I do. Right. I lay on my and stomach. It, are you referring to, uh, it, would it be uh, in terms of, I think you have to be, um, be spiritually mature to be able to discern. Yeah, it's in your spirit. It's not in your soul. Right. The so Urim and Tumim is in the spirit, man. So you, there, it comes with some maturity. Yes, it does. Yes, and it does. so um, this is another advantage of maturing in Christ. And the marismos. The marismos, yes. the, the, it will divide or discern Urim yes. and Tumim for I, I, you. I don't think that a, <clears throat> a, a believer can have a successful spiritual life without the marismos. I hate to be so dogmatic about it. I agree 100%. I've yeah. seen it through life. I just don't know how in the world they'll ever be victorious unless they finally get that first element of separation. Now, it's an ironic thing on this word, marismos. It comes from two other root words, meros and marizzo. And both of those takes it down to a more refining factor rather than just, so now I would say, well, let's generically would say, mm-hmm. it's a separation of soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. Now let's break the soul down. Right. And it starts breaking it down into selfishness, narcissism, et cetera, et cetera. And then it goes down into attitudes and behavior and conduct and angry and mad and bitter and unforgiving. It goes through all of that and starts revealing your true self to you. But if you don't have that, with, with, with the marismos, I lay it out, I lay on my stomach, lay both hands out, and I said, Jesus, this Urim, this Tumim. Mm-hmm. Now, Urim means light or truth to some degree, but Tumim means perfect light, mm. more light, absolute mm-hmm. light. So you may have a little knowledge, Randy, that Crystal is your wife, mm-hmm. but is it perfectly to trust her? Mm-hmm. And vice, and that goes on with all the rest mm-hmm. of it. Someone handling my money. Mm-hmm. Taking care of my monies. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, Randy, that's what you delegate. Mm-hmm. That's some light in that, but there's not good light here. There's a darkness somewhere in this. So, to me, mm-hmm. says, no, this is definitely not perfect light. There's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. You and I, I show you Urimim to me, and you do it every day. Christians do it every day. <clears throat> you say, man, something's wrong here. That's Urimim to me. That's immediately that you need mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. and weigh that out. Mm-hmm. You know something's wrong, something's not right, something doesn't feel good, something seems wrong. All of those terms. It's like the gut. That it's inner, a gut. Mm-hmm. It's that spirit man, mm-hmm. he, and he's permeating himself through mm-hmm. Urim and Tumim because you have a breastplate of righteousness. We're kings and priests under mm-hmm. God. We carry the same breastplate of the Old Testament in the spirit world, but in the spirit. They did it in the natural, only fleshly, on the mm-hmm. body. We have that same breastplate of Christ on the human spirit, and we have access to Urim and Tumim. And Crystal will know right away when I, something's not right. Mm-hmm. She just shuts up because she's, I'm a, I'm bird dog. I'm going after something here. Mm-hmm. And this happens a lot in the beginning. When I, my first beginning of my years in Christ, it was discerning the spirits mm-hmm. and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. There's a bad presence here. Yes. Your heart's pounding. You're starting to feel grieved. You mm-hmm. feel, I uh, can't, you can't mm-hmm. suck enough oxygen and mm-hmm. your breathing changes. And that's Urim and Tumim, the human spirit. Is telling you there's there's an evil spirit here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the discerning the spirit. Right. Obviously, the Holy Spirit's a phenomenon, is a manifestation right. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But he's working with your human spirit. That's still a process over over and to me. And you deal with those evil spirits as that at, at that time. And and let me give you a little story on one that still is to this day. On the discernment the, or discerning the spirit? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a spirit in a room. Okay. Now I'm. 
I'm having, uh, I'm probably 21, 22. I'm one or two years old in the Lord. California. California, yeah, down in California. And I'm about one or two years old in the Lord. In ministry at the time? Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, a napios, a babe. Okay. okay I shouldn't okay. be talking. You know, it means no speak, <laughs> right. but, you know, how they mm -hmm. do with the, they'll bring you in because oh, yeah. you got a gift mm -hmm. or an anointing. <clears throat> but I started praying and uh, just regular prayer. It wasn't anything like, uh, just go to prayer on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, boys clearly as, as it could be with just talking like talking to you, I heard him say, I'm going to show you now this realm of the demonic and the regions and realms of darkness. Mm. I never even thought about them. I never even knew they were there. I was born again, spirit filled, but only a year or two. And demons was not something that mm -hmm. I didn't read the Bible much. You know, I'm just trying to learn it. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, it was faith and confession. wasn't nothing about demons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started having these. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go there. I started having uh, encounters. Mm. And uh, spiritual encounters, evil spirits. unseen realm, unseen realm started becoming right. clear. Right. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of people, they don't, I think here's what I'd like to interject here is that it seems like there's a lot of people who aren't aware of this. They don't know that this is a reality and, and they've not encountered uh, uh, these kind of things, you know, in the, in, in Hollywood, they have all these movies and scenes and they show all this stuff. But I think what it does, instead of making, having people believe or, or understand that this is a real world, what happens, they think it's just all made up. It's all Hollywood. It's all just yeah. fake. And so I think that it's very important because um, it really puts you into a place where you're depending on God. I've had some strange encounters with the demonic realm. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it boosts my faith in God. Sure it does. Sure it does. Because but, I know I'm, yes. I'm, I'm in full dependence right yes, now. Yes, yes. You're right about the Hollywood and, and even a religion, church entity. Mm -hmm. I use that term church entity because they don't, they don't bring this truth out either. Mm -hmm. uh, they're bringing out Urim, but they're not bringing Tumim to the body yet. But, the, but what happened is, see, the demonic from Hollywood and probably a lot of believers it has merged itself or blended itself into human behavior. So I said, Joe, that's just demonic. You need to stop that. Mm -hmm. that uh, that's just defining like, you know, you're a human being doing something wicked. Right, right. And they don't really see this as entities. Mm -hmm. See, they don't really see right. that as a person, so to speak, with a personality right. and was created by God, has fallen, obviously. and has Pulling been, strings. Yeah, yeah. They don't see it. But it is. And uh, these are, the, I was in a meeting in Gardena and uh, he was teaching me. Now, at this time, I had had a number of demonic encounters hmm. and I'm becoming very trigger happy. But you, you, I mean, if I perceive <laughs> one, I'm going after it. And I did. I, I mean, I, my heart just started pounding. I'm ready. This, this, where are you at? I'll find you. And I, and I, just, you know, and then I did. I was mm -hmm. very, very zealous. Mm -hmm. Still am, mm -hmm. but I have some more wisdom. But. And I'm sitting in this meeting, and my heart's pounding. And I thought, man, something's wrong. They got an evil spirit here. I said, and I, I mean, I'm going like this. I sit in my chair, way up on the platform there. And I said, I'm ready for this. I'll find this. So I had people talk and fellowship a little bit so I could look around. I'm just starting to scan. You've been in the fellowship there at church, and you see me starting to mm -hmm, scan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know something's mm -hmm, wrong. Mm -hmm. And I started, I saw her. Way back there in the back, I saw her. 
And I started to jump on her, man, and get, I was going to go after it. And the Spirit, the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, I'm going to handle you. And this, he taught in my language, I will handle you as the bird dog to the bird. I'll do the pointing. And when I flush, then you shoot. <laughs> that was as clear as day yeah. to me. I said, oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I've been, I'm the bird dog, the mm-hmm. rifle, the shotgun. Mm-hmm. I'm all of it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 no. This is where you work with me. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there, and I mean, he flushed her out, boy. I mean, the Holy Ghost made her so uncomfortable. She stands up back there in the back and just screams and charges me, running down the aisle, just charging, screaming. <laughs> and screaming, you've been, uh, we've been sent to dis- disrupt these meetings. Uh, goes on, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started hollering, so you've been sent to disrupt this meeting. And she gets about 10 feet from me, and she's charging I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And she just fell face flirt first and just slid till she stopped. And I cast out about seven demons right there within a, minute, a few seconds. But each one of them would say something. Mm. And the one of them that got me the most was, well, there's two. And one of them said, do not cast us out. Please don't cast us out. It's so cold out there. I said, and I, said I don't care how cold it is. You know, I didn't have a lot of theology. I'm still young in the mm-hmm. war, but I'm learning this. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the one that said this was the, the most unique. He said, um, uh, do not cast us out. We have been here. This is our home. This is not your home. This is our home. We've been here for over 300 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at her. She was 24, 25, mm-hmm. and I got confused, mm-hmm. which is a bad place to be dealing with demons. Mm-hmm. That's when they get the advantage. They got you. And they had me. I lost my focus on Christ and going now, how could mm-hmm. that be so? Mm-hmm. That's got to be a lying spirit and all that. Well, I, I thank God I did handle it right. I don't care how long you've been here. You're through now. Get out in the name of Jesus. So <clears throat> when she's now in her right mind, I led her to the Lord. The place is going crazy, just praising God. Led her to the Lord. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then I said, I, need, I have a question for you. How in the world could this evil spirit, these seven or eight, how many there was, Say that they've been here for 300 years, mm-hmm. and she took me back. She's from England, and she's a witch. Mm. And she said, oh, this has been going on for 300 years in the females of my family. Mm. And I said, educate me. Mm-hmm. What do y'all do? She knew nothing about religion. She knows nothing about you and I laying on hands and mm-hmm. going with oil. She said, when it's time to pa- pass it on to the next daughter, the next female, all the older women get together, we lift her up, and we anoint her with oil, and we dedicate her to the witches and to the coven, co- wow. the, the, the witches' coven. Yeah. And they call it something, high priestess of something of England. <clears throat> and I said, you were chosen. Yes, I'm, I'm the next one. And I said, well, that's over with. That whole lineage of witchcraft is over with. Wow. But the, but the, the thing that I, I, I loved about it was, I begin, as I said, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, the, and people, see, I believe people just ignore this stuff mm-hmm. because they don't, they're not living from their spirit. They're mm-hmm. living out of their flesh. It's just living up by sight, by feeling mm-hmm. and all that. And we're really not, uh, be, I got to be honest with you here. I got to be honest okay. with you here, Joe. Yeah. It is my custom everywhere I go, when I step into a building, mm-hmm. I wonder what is the, the presence of this place. Mm-hmm. And I have never been here, mm-hmm. but I got here earlier tonight. I'm walked into a couple of rooms, just looking around. If you'd have asked me, I would have probably said, oh, just looking at what you got. I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was perceiving, discerning, 
does this represent you, Christ? Does this man really, really reflect you? Does this place have your presence? Does it have your purpose? Well, I'm not uh, giving you no feathers here. It most certainly did. It put me 100% at ease, (laughs) 100%. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any distrust. We'll make that clear. Mm -hmm. If there was, it was completely gone. What it did do removed me to total confidence. Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to lay hold of this Mm -hmm. and sit here and do this and never think about anything except Christ will be glorified, Mm -hmm. and he will. You're a son of God, I'm a son of God, and we're not in an identity crisis. We know who we are. And yep. that's the joy of. So I'm looking at all this, but there's two things the body of Christ is not being taught. Now listen, here's a here's a funny. When I was at TBN, when I started Urim and Tumim, they told me not to teach it. Really? Yes. And then when I taught on uh, Causeway Parbar, they didn't want me to teach it. The reason they've never heard it. Right. And right. they're there. It's the fear of the knowledge. Yes. They don't know it, so they fear it. And it isn't some type of spooky thing. Mm-hmm. I remember, in fact, I was talking about the Porter ministry mm-hmm. one night. You did teach the Porter ministry. I there. taught all of those. Yes. I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I paid the price. They took them off, by the way. Did they? They took them off. Mm-hmm. But I taught the Porter ministry one time. I'm sitting there talking about the Porter ministry, and Paul says to me, Randy, just one, is, is that New Testament? <laughs> and I looked at that and I said, I, I was always humored by that. <laughs> I, I, and he and I were pretty close at yeah. that time. I said, Paul, do you read your Bible? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I read my Bible. I don't remember that. That's Old Testament. I said, no. Jesus said about in, 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 yes. in John about the door, him being the door, and the porters open and close right. the doors. Yeah. And I said, we're porters. We have to. We are keepers of the gate. We're the mm-hmm. watchers of the threshold. What does that mean? He says, what goes in? The mm-hmm. eyes, the ears, mm-hmm. all this that we take mm-hmm. in, we're, we're responsible to porter that. Mm-hmm. Well, he had never heard it, see? And, it, and it, all this that we talk about primarily, so much of it is not taught in the body of no, Christ. it isn't. Because it's taught to, to the uh, a faith toward themselves. Right. So I'm using God to benefit me. Right. That's all it amounts to. Become a six-figure man. Yes, yes, know. to prove your success. Right, right. One of the biggest... Uh, uh, conflicts that I have with the body of Christ is uh, I, I marismos a lot. I do a lot of marismos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you'll notice, a lot of my teaching is something versus something. Mm-hmm. I mean, VS, something mm-hmm, versus all mm-hmm. that. Well, this is Savior versus Lord. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the Savior mentality that's come into the body of Christ, the Savior mentality is a narcissism of Savior, of a Savior. What happened is the Savior mm-hmm. becomes, it becomes a narcissism uh, theology. And if you look at the t- now, by the way, this is biblically true, but you'll see what the firstborn can do with it. The problem, Joe, is every scripture is filtered first, which is natural, then afterward that which is spiritual. That's right. the law of it. Right. So I give you a scripture on the porter ministry, you'll immediately think how it benefits me. Right. You can't help yourself. It's right. nature. Right. Rather than what it means. So we have a filtering system problem. We have mm-hmm. a filter system that defines and interprets the the human nature. And how it benefits. And then we have a filter system that defines and interprets the spiritual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing, we're taking the firstborn filtering system and we're filtering everything through that firstborn uh, uh, filtering system. And that would, I would say, Savior. So then you can see, and let me give you an example. He saved me. He delivered me. He forgave me. He, he has prospered me. He has blessed me. He has made me the head and not the tail. Wow. He's above only and not beneath. I see it. It's all about me. Yeah. Everything is about me. So without the Lordship to balance mm-hmm. that, 
all Savior, all the churches that are big time, 10,000, 12,000, they're teaching Savior mm -hmm. and uh, so, narcissism, mm -hmm. the narcissism of a Savior. Now, Christ is not narcissistic, okay? Right. I'm just using that term, showing you that the extreme teaching constantly of saving me, delivering me, prospering me, blessing me, uh, may, he's made me righteous, he's justified me, he's sanctified me, all oh, that's about me. And I get wrapped up in my precious, wonderful Savior, and I'm so grateful who he is to me. Mm -hmm. But then he comes along and says, now, you won't, one day you'll appear before me but you, and you'll say, Lord, Lord, but I was never your Lord. Mm -hmm. I was your Savior. Mm -hmm. And so what you and I have learned is you start off with a Savior. I, I say this, he wins you with all of his love for you mm -hmm. and blessing and prospering you. Mm -hmm. And then one day he said, have you had enough of you? Mm. Yeah, I think I've had enough of me. Mm -hmm. You know, people will say today, Randy, I'd like to talk about yourself. I say, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. I'm so bored with me. And I am, Judge. Mm -hmm. Not interested. Done all that, been there. I'm not interested. Let's talk about the Lordship of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Now we have a new series opens up, mm -hmm. a mentality, and that is the Lord. Now listen, this is interesting. All of this is about me, Savior. All of this is about him. It's not what you did for me now as Lord. It's what I do for you as my Lord, how I serve you, how I bless you, how I minister to you, how I obey you, how I conduct myself, behave myself, speak, how I, how I love my wife, how I love my children, how I love my friends. It's through the Lordship of Christ. If not, then I'm sitting here at this table. All right, Joe, let's do this now. How's this going to benefit me? And there's you, there it is mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. And I call this man of God. Everybody would know if I mention his name, not interested in, in uh, you know, uh, any damage to him. I had a meeting with him up in North Carolina. He has a healing ministry. And when I was up in North Carolina during the days of TBN, well, this minister up there has this big fellowship. He called me, this other guy who has a word of faith, and the other guy who has gifts of healing. And we're all three on the same ticket. And we're going to be sharing that whole week. And that's where I met, by the way, Jeff Arrington and, okay. and that crew. Yep. But uh, so he has to have $5,000 up front, all of his expenses <laughs> paid, and he takes up his own offering. All of these guys do this. Wow. And they all, do it. And they, the and preachers. Yes. So I'm up there. Wow. And the pastor wants to meet with all three of us guys in the back. And the first one, the Word of Faith guy says, yeah, I'd like to do, uh, I, I need all my expenses paid. I need a certain amount of money up front, and I take up my own offerings. And then this Gifts of Healing guy says, same with me. I need $5,000 up front. I need all my expenses paid, and I will take up my own offering. Pastor, you mean, no problem. Okay, okay. You, Brother Shankless, no. I just looked at him and no. Uh, I'm not here for any other reason than what Jesus told me to do. I'm here to preach him and talk Jesus Christ, so y'all work all that out among yourselves. Well, these two guys weren't really happy with that because we're supposed to split all that. Mm. Lots of we're splitting. And not what, but, and mm. I, but, but what we're taking up ourselves, we're going to split. And now, so I said, I don't ever take up an offering for myself. I don't need any money up front. I said, Jesus Christ takes care of me. I don't need all this carnal stuff. Oh, it just set off the word carnal stuff. Just kind of set them both <laughs> off. I just walked out, didn't went go do what I'm doing. Well, I get up there. Now, they ministered one night and took up an offering. And the other one took ministered that night, took up an offering. So now it's my night to minister. And uh, I ministered. Then I said, uh, Pastor, would it be all right if I take up my own offering? Now, I've never done that. Oh, help yourself. I appreciate it. So I took up my own offering. And then when I got through, I said, now, everybody in the presence of the Holy Spirit, don't you lie to me. 
if you are having really difficult finances and you have someone, they're going to repo your car or you can't pay your rent or you need some groceries, come up here. And I had all the deacons come up, count the money, and give it out <laughs> to them what they needed. And these guys threw a fit. I mean, they threw a fit because I gave their money away. <laughs> but I'm just doing what Christ would have done. I didn't need the money. Right. I mean, I, I wasn't interested in the money. I may right. have needed it, but I wasn't interested. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's people who needed it. And I just, and I, so what I learned from all of that is this whole realm of narcissism. Mm -hmm. uh, let me, let me show you what happened. You'll take uh, doctrine of baptisms mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll work in narcissistic interpretation. Mm. You'll take uh, faith toward God and you will define narcissistic in, uh, behavior. It will come back to you. All six of those bottles will come back to you and not faith toward God going back to him. Somehow we're going to benefit from all these or we're not mm. going to do them. Mm. When we talk about the doctrine of baptism, there are seven baptisms in the New Testament. Every one of them will benefit you mm. until you realize every one of them will cause you to die so that you may live unto him. Mm. And so it's, it's, I get frustrated with this constant uh, prosperity seminars mm -hmm. and narcissism of Savior. That, and all these guys got the biggest books and the best right. books. They're all about what right. God will do for you. Right. How you can be a better you. How God will bless you. How you will, God will, listen to this one. How God will make your dreams come to pass. <laughs> can you believe that? Well, here's my dreams. I want to live in Las Vegas. I want to have seven women that's available to me at all times. I want my own yacht. You see how mm -hmm. stupid that is? Mm -hmm. What's the firstborn going to do with that type of interpretation? Mm. So you take all the scriptures that Jesus spoke about and you filter them through the firstborn. You can see how they, they misinterpret what he was saying. You can have whatsoever you say. Right. Right. You can have whatsoever you say. Let the firstborn get a hold of that mm -hmm. one. And they mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. But let the secondborn get a hold of that. And then you change what you say because what you say is a leg of the word there Lego to say, say something that's already been said. So what does that mean? You're saying what the word says. You're not saying what you want. You're saying what the word says. You'll have it. You'll have whatsoever you say that the word says. You can't say outside the word. You can't speak outside the word and get any results with anything. So you have to find out the measure of the rule on the word, how far I can reach on that. But is it going to go toward him or is it going to go toward me? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, Joe, it's so easy once you find the directional aspect of the of a believer's uh interpretation he opens that bible and it's going to be about him mm. and uh he's looking for something or a prophet to tell us that how is that correct or how is somebody even directed to correcting that in their lives well you, you got to hear what we're saying today yeah, help. exactly because you know the truth of the matter is they've all they've been so culturized in savior mentality they don't even think about the lordship of yeah. christ they don't and it's interesting because i monitor a lot of um different individuals that are on social media, they're on platforms and they have um, these um, large audiences. Yeah. And I monitor them and I watch them and I've seen an uptick on a group of these individuals, a lot of them that are into apologetics. And what this is, is yes, yes. they're just going after doctrine yes. and they live in the realm of doctrine Yep. and they're constantly calling out other people who are teaching wrong doctrine. Yes. And it's become it's become so frustrating for me because it doesn't do anything to edify. No. It, it just, isn't preaching Christ. No, it's not. You're it's preaching not. another gospel now. Right, right. And they're just all <clears throat> they're doing is and they might be right. Right. Just wrong spirit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and what advantage is there to it when they don't have anything to replace it with? Mm -hmm. So say, for instance, they go after um, the faith doctrine, and they talk about, you know, how you know, it's bananas and it, it's just a bunch of nonsense stuff. But what do they replace it with? They don't. Right. They don't have anything right. to replace it with. So they just leave people without a true awareness of of what is the truth of faith. faith. And um, and this is going on. It, and it's frustrating to me because there are a lot of people, a lot of ministers, big ministers who profit from the body of Christ and 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 just uh uh, spiritually immature believers that are going to church every every Sunday, so they benefit. Like they're 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 stacking money. That's exactly right. And um, and then you have all these apologetics people who are calling them out and saying, "Here's what they're doing wrong," but they give nothing. There is no build. There's, right. Right. There's on, just on, destruction. On the two primary factors that changed me with the word of faith when I saw it getting off was faith toward, faith mm -hmm. as a directive, and the other one is faith with that Ishmael or you mm -hmm. have faith, faith mm -hmm. with Isaac. When I saw that, that solves my faith problem. I don't have to criticize them. Mm -hmm. I just see the truth, and that gives mm -hmm. me peace and rest. Mm -hmm. But once you find out that faith is directional, mm -hmm. and if it does not direct you toward, faith, toward God, and I'll give you another one on it that I heard so far out there. I'm just believing God for a brand new house. And I said, now you believe in God for a new home? Yes, I am. Believe God. I'm, I'm my faith out there for a home. And I said, in what scripture, what rhema do you have? Well, I don't have no scripture. It's just God's will. And I say, no, no, without a scripture, without the word, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Without the scripture, you don't have any faith. I mean, how do you get faith except by a word? Right. So when people say, I'm just believing God to, you know, for me to get healed, and they have no word. Hmm. They're just believing God. Now, believing in faith is not the same. And I hear thousands of faith people, that I'm believing God for my healing. I tell you, I'm, I'm standing on the word, believe God. And what is the word you're standing on? Hmm. Well, I don't have a word. I'm standing on it. So then you have no faith. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's take a break. And then I want to get back. And I want to talk about another subject when we get back. I want to go into... Um, the enemies within. Mm. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. Good. I, there's seven of them I want to reveal about you. <laughs> <laughs> 